1: Now again, you'd love to just get a run Sac fly would work too, although you'd love more The 1-0 is drilled to deep center field Sides. This one is hit high and hard, out to center, drifting way back and gone. KB Sides, are you kidding me? The swagger. Alabama with a huge, huge three-run shot. It's five to one, Crimson Tide. Pandemonium at Rhodes. The party's getting started. Tom, as Alabama takes a commanding lead here in the Super Regional Championship game. Holy smokes. <laughs> oh. You don't know what it'll take to win, but you do your job and good things happen. Maybe this is how the script would go, Tom. Yes, it would. 1 0. Oh my gosh! Again! Hip Hill ties the Alabama single season record. 25 home runs. Way This is amazing.
0: Fouse looks in. Here comes the 3-2. That one is a fly ball to right field. Size is underneath it. She makes the catch. And Alabama wins the ball game 8-5. And for the first time since 2016, and the 12th time in program history, the Tide is heading to Oklahoma
1: City. Welcome in, folks. It is the Out of the Box podcast, episode 11 for the year, and we are at the DBAT bat indoor practice facility in where, Tom? Uh, a certain Midwestern city where they have a,
0: uh, a fun sporting event uh, that crowns a national champion for collegiate
1: softball, women's fast pitch. Yes. It is Oklahoma City. It is the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City starting tomorrow night, and we are here to call the games and to take in the festivities for this event i've never been before time you've been this is once my third time a couple third, times yeah. third time yeah yeah and uh this is gonna be a lot of fun
0: yes really uh really looking forward to it uh ecstatic that alabama is back here uh 12th time in program history uh the crimson tide is in in okc for the women's college world series it's been a couple of years seems like it's been longer than two years really when you look at it but um just so excited for this team specifically uh this group of girls to be able to come and, and compete for the national championship and they they really have been able to uh, embrace the uh the no one gives you any any respect. No one gives you a chance. Uh, the mindset. Yeah. Uh, and we kind of saw that even more with the. Uh, I know we're talk. We'll talk about it in a little bit. We saw it more with the banquet yesterday and the awards that were handed out nationally. But you know, the eight has been great for Alabama here uh, this uh, postseason, and uh, we'll continue to do that.
1: So here's your trip around the bases here for this out-of-the-box, live-to-tape from yes. OKC, uh-huh. episode 11, Gray Robertson alongside Tom Canterbury. As always, we're starting at the plate. with we'll talk about the Tuscaloosa Super Regional, what went down in T-Town last weekend. Spoiler alert, it was exciting, to it say was, the least. It was crazy. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. Then we will advance to first, break down the top half of the Women's College World Series bracket, steal second, talk about the bottom half, that Alabama-Oklahoma matchup, that Florida-Oklahoma oklahoma state matchup then we will round third and make our official predictions Uh, i will not be picking alabama to win the national championship because we picked against alabama the last couple weeks and it's worked right we're not allowed it's basically the
0: the the bottom line on that donna dykes will come and get us she will drive if she's not already here in oklahoma city she will drive here (laughs) and take us down if we were to pick them to win
1: and then we will head home to a tom's hungry from last night Our meal
0: goodness gracious
1: and then uh and off the wall where we will talk about some of those national awards that once, happen. Once again
0: the off the wall having nothing to do with people commenting on uh, social media or anything like that this off the wall is again on committees and things of that nature. We uh, just do, do we just have to get rid of committees is that I mean the vibe I'm picking up right now <laughs> it's we're 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 not seating based on the eye test. So why are, why is there a committee? We can't
1: uh, use the eye right, test. we can't Tom. use the
0: eye test. We can't use the eye test apparently to to give out awards. Uh,
1: so uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I, I don't know what we do at this point. <laughs> so let's start at the plate. Talk about the Tuscaloosa Super Regional. A 3 nothing victory in game one for Alabama. Montana Fouts lights out, uh, shut out, I think three hits allowed. Right. Game two, you had the injury to Miranda Elish. Alabama was up big at that time. Elish goes down. Alabama wasn't able to recover. Um, which yes. seems weird It's weird to say that But yes. I think that's
0: Absolutely correct
1: And Texas wins 7-5 and then game Three, Tom An 8-5 win for Alabama Not a coincidence Eight was the number Eight, yep But you got big hits From KB Sides Big hits Where's from number baby? eight Him By the way. KB Yes, she does it. Yes um, Just, it was perfect It was, uh, it was a lot of fun and I think it was also, in a way, despite the drama, uh, kind of the perfect send off for the fans because they have been showing out at Rhodes all year long. And for them to see a, a game with an excitement level like that, I mean, well, what a way to close out the year at home.
0: Yeah, I thought it was just a amazing. It was an amazing slate at Rhodes Stadium all, all year long. And to get those three games at the end of the year against a, a team like Texas, just like you said, I, I thought it was a great send off for the, for the fans. I thought they were, they were rewarded for uh, for their. Uh, patronage all year long and and sticking with this team um and it's you know as we've talked about with coach murphy this is a very easy team to like yeah it's an easy team to get along with uh it's a team that you want to root for um and and they they play an exciting brand of softball all the way around too so i know that if you don't you and I have kind of a, a more of an inside with the actual the personalities and, yeah. and like the the girls themselves. But if you just watch them play softball, it's an exciting brand of softball to watch. And uh, they're going to be there. They're, they're going to be a lot of fun. Uh, moving forward, but I thought it was it was a great way to send it off for the best softball fans in the country.
1: And in that super regional, you had four batters hitting over 400. You had KB sides going 500. Maddie Morgan hitting 500. Bailey Hempel 444. Skylar Wallace 429. Yeah. they were dominant. And then the bottom part of the order, all the others. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll talk about the Alyssa Brown situation, but you got big hits. Sure. A big hit from Mayor Schroeder in game one. That mm-hmm. was gigantic when it happened. Yep. And then just key moments all around from Kaylee tau despite going hitless, and uh, Reagan Dykes as well. Yeah, it was just good to see everybody contribute at least a little bit in yeah. that super regional. From what you're seeing,
0: you know, you look at, at the lineup up and down. Not everybody has the best stats overall, but like you said, everyone is contributing in ways. You know, Claire Jenkins, I think, is a perfect example who is just absolutely struggling to get a hit. She just, she's she's really have has not been able to get it done, but. She is getting on base. She's walking. She's mm-hmm. laying down sacrifices. She is, you know, just helping the lineup move over. She's not, despite having a bad a, a bad batting average right now, she is not a black hole in the lineup. Right. And and that's the most important thing: finding ways to contribute. And then plus, what she gives you in defensively at shortstop is mm-hmm. just, you know, it, it's really really important.
1: She didn't know it. But she made number two yeah. in the Sports Center top ten. She didn't believe me when I told her this <laughs> and said that people had said something but she'd never seen the clip. Luckily I found it and sent it to her. But right. she was number two for that belly diving stop and oh, throw to first. Unbelievable.
0: It's crazy. So, you know, that that's I think that's just one example. But you're you're right. Everybody, you know, we've seen people make get big pinch hit appearances with Caroline Hardy has has contributed everyone is contributing some way on this team that's what makes them so much
1: fun alright so two I don't want to call them issues but I think they need to be talked about first uh, after game one we thought, all right, Montana Fouts is pitching the best we've seen all year. We we both said that we thought that game one performance against Texas was the best. Right. She's thrown since Arizona. I said maybe the best all year yeah. on the broadcast. Game two happens. Comes in for two-thirds of an inning and, and gives up some home runs. Gives up some damage. And then game three, the damage was limited to a couple innings here and there. It wasn't yeah. a full game, but there were a couple things that surely were addressed in practice in Fouts' game this week. And I think in particular, the main one was the lack of a rise ball Mm -hmm. the rise ball just wasn't there in game three
0: yeah you gotta you you know part of montana fouts is the reason why she's so great is that she has so many different weapons right uh but if you take one of those weapons away she's still going to be really good but she's not going to be montana fouts so if, if if she can if she can find where that rise ball went and sometimes you just you know you don't have something and you know it's a uh could uh, a number of things could have come into it the factors of you know it's the super regional it's every game that she's pitching in and that's the way it's been since regionals is the biggest game she's ever pitched in so yeah. uh you know you're gonna have to you just get over whatever nerves there are or you know it's not a it's not a fear situation it's just a you know this is this is huge That's you know we got to we got to figure out what we're gonna do uh and you're you know you're facing really good batters that you're trying not to make a mistake against and sometimes yeah. when you try not to make mistakes that's when that's when they eat, actually come up more often so i think she just has to uh trust herself trust her um you know trust her stuff and uh, and just go out there and pitch like she's been pitching all year long she's one of the main reasons why alabama is here and just go out there and show it
1: yeah, and, and I think that the key is not letting whatever was going on mentally against Texas carry over to this weekend because right. against Oklahoma, and we're going to talk about that matchup later, if you make mistakes, yeah. you'll blink and it's 4-0. Right. You don't even have to make mistakes against, yeah, against exactly. a team
0: like Oklahoma. So you just have to go out there and, and – And be you. (laughs) That's pretty much all that is to it.
1: We're uh, sitting at the DBAT practice facility. We've got the team right in front of us, Allison Habitz, the associate head coach crossing in front of us. And the team uh, warming up out here as there's weather in the area, so we couldn't practice outside. I mentioned that there were kind of two quote-unquote issues. We need to talk about the other one, unfortunately, was Alyssa Brown. And we talked about it during the third game broadcast. But, you know, called out of the box 12 times all year, six of them coming basically in the last two weeks. Mm -hmm and while we've made our position clear on the out-of-the-box rule, and, and I think we're going to have A.J. Andrews on eventually to talk about it from a slapper's perspective because we're doing some tweeting with her right. this week. You know, We've made our position clear. A lot of people around the NCAA have, but at the same time, that rule can't change by the time we play tomorrow no. night. Right. It's, so you just have to roll with it, and adjustments have to be made. Whether it's a bad rule or not, it is the rule, as yeah. it stands. So we have, you have to adjust to it, and I think that she had. she uh, For
0: most of this season, it had not been an issue and it just come up whether it is a like we're even more so we're enforcing it more strictly at this point which mm-hmm. again that's that's another issue altogether so if, if it's a rule enforce it the entire year don't wait until it's the biggest games of the year and then all of a sudden oh here we go you know if, if that's a rule allow the allow the players to adjust to it during the season and not try to make adjustments during the biggest games of the season but yeah we, you got to just figure out what the issue is and how you can and i know some for slappers especially it's this is literally how we've been practicing and how we've done things for probably 12 14 years Their entire yeah. softball playing life they've always done it one way and now all of a sudden they're making them change it to a different way and I Agree with Coach Coach Murphy what he said in one of the pregame interviews is that they're just trying to take slapping out of the game, which is, I think, which is a shame. It's a terrible because it's it's one of the unique things to softball. You know, it it just adds so much to the game. I think it's it would be a shame if it does get eliminated from it.
1: Well, it goes back to what I said when we were talking to Eric Lopez way back when when we were talking about the slap rule. You know, I, I wouldn't use the word boring, but how. Unexciting would life be without Alyssa Brown this year, right. this whole year? Yeah. I mean, think about that speed. Think about some of the plays she's been able to make, been able to make slapping. I just, I just don't want to live in a world where yeah. that's gone. And you see some teams already. There are a couple teams that we played this year that don't have slappers. Texas had one real true slapper. Yeah. Teams are changing, but why force teams to do that right. when it's one of the really unique things that's in the sport? I mean, there's no other position in softball or baseball or anything like that that's as different as slapping is. Right, yeah, and and the way that they're going about
0: it, the rule the, the out of the out-of-the-box rule, the slapper is not gaining an advantage if they have a toe outside the batter's box. You know, they're gaining an advantage if their entire foot is maybe out you know, in front right. of the plate or if they're two or three steps out in front of, of the box. And yeah, I think you, you need to curtail that, but doing it as strictly as it's being enforced right now and hopefully... Uh, the rules committee and everybody will hear the complaints and will make some changes moving forward.
1: Yeah, because it's not just us. Now, we have been, I I think, the most vocal about the strike. I know Caleb Rowe agreed with us. I haven't seen a lot of people proposing that, and I think that's something that makes legitimate sense and could Mm -hmm. be a position that coaches get behind. But at the end of the day, the rule has to be adjusted. They They have to fix the rule to curtail what the rule was created for early on which was the full foot like you said you know a toe not that big a deal you're not getting you're not getting a distinct advantage and that's that's something that the rules committee really does have to look at this year but but that being said Alyssa Brown is going to have to make whatever adjustments she can uh whether
0: it is uh just changing where she starts out in the batter's box totally totally laying off of a ball if it's outside um and just kind of living with it if it gets called for a strike for a little while until you figure out what what you have to do. But um, I think it when you saw in game number three when Patrick Murphy moved Brown to the nine hole and had KB sides leading off, if if that's if that's the issue that you're having right now with the out of the box, that may be the best best overall lineup. Yeah, I Cause, agree. Because that way you're not the out isn't coming at the beginning, you know, and then you're at least giving yourself an opportunity to turn the lineup over. So I think that those are the adjustments you can make. You just got to have. Alyssa Brown make whatever adjustment she's making and then you know, move. And then Patrick Murphy makes the adjustment of putting Alyssa in the nine hole.
1: Do you have any concerns about Sarah Cornell? Because I, I don't know about you. I've gotten a lot of questions from people wondering why she didn't start over the weekend. Yeah. My explanation has been matchups. I know what Stephanie Van Brakel, pro throw, told us that she wanted a change up in the circle. Crystal Goodman provides that. Sarah's got one, but she hasn't quite fine tuned it enough right. to where she can throw it for a strike like Crystal can. I didn't see any particular red flags and Sarah not getting any playing time this past weekend.
0: No, I, I agree. I think it's, you know, when sometimes when you get to a, uh, a certain point, you kind of have to ride ride one or two. You know, yeah. it's hard to, you know, the depth is great, and that's one of the main reasons we're here is the pitching depth that Alabama has. But, you know, at some point you kind of, you see with basketball, you have like eight, nine-man rotations, and when you get to the NCAA tournament, all of a sudden you're down to like seven. So I think it's kind of the same situation uh, with with uh, Sarah Cornell here.
1: I would not be shocked to see Sarah Cornell pitch at some point here this week. That's oh, I think she'll dead. have to. Yeah. If, if we want to um, get where we want to go and this team wants to win a national championship, you're going to need right. Sarah Cornell to throw a couple innings, I think. It is It is amazing to think that
0: Alabama won a Super Regional that went three games and you never saw the SEC <laughs> Pitcher of the Year. I think that, that's just amazing. But at the same time, you know, she hasn't been – as good in the postseason as she was yeah. during the regular season, so sometimes that's part of it. Is you just kind of read, read your players, read where things are, and if, if you just didn't have—I don't know if confidence is the right word—but if you if you thought your best option was to stick with Montana Fouts, Chris Goodman, you got to do it. This is not the time to. Uh, placate everyone make sure everyone has right. <laughs> this is not the time to make sure everyone gets snapped bad or everyone gets gets to play it's we got to play the best players at all times uh, but I agree I think you know unless Alabama is able to go through the winner's bracket the entire way mm-hmm. and then win the championship series in two games I think Sarah Cornell is pitching at some point is starting and pitching at some point in this tournament
1: especially if you get a scenario where you beat oklahoma and then lose and then you're pitching every day basically right. yeah that will be hard on Fouts soon crystal goodman is we're here at the d-bat indoor practice facility you might be able to hear it i don't know what uh, what you're able to pick okay. up in the background
0: i yeah we're, we're seeing the uh the outfielders are working with allison habits and the the infielders getting getting balls hit to them by uh, patrick murphy and uh Ordell as well so it's you know this is it's a standard you know
1: fielding part of the practice they'll go in and hit in the cages here in a little while and we'll journey in there when yeah, that happens to yeah. so see we've also got the mobile set we're yes. not trapped in a radio <laughs> studio so we can just pick up our stuff and walk around and see what's happening we're at the plate but we put it in play, Tom. Who are we this week? Are we I, KB sides? I think we Do we have be, to be. We got
0: to be KB sides. The uh, the player of the uh, of the super regionals, KB, who had the three run homer. If you were on Twitter and saw the uh, our reactions from the from the new GoPro in the in the uh,
1: Tom in silently the screaming is that should be a gif in of itself. I <laughs> it love be. it.
0: Yes. Uh, that's just kind of a, a little uh, A little look into what, what Happens during a game from our point Of view but uh, yeah just a, an amazing Performance by her and she has been All year long she's
1: been oh, just yeah. A real key part of this team and uh, and, and I'm glad, but I'm sorry, I know yeah. we're about to go to break, yeah. and but I, I'm glad that I feel like we finally know what to do with her, you know, yeah. in terms of a lineup, because there was a good part of the year where she was hitting second, but then she wasn't quite getting on base enough, and there, there didn't seem to be that connection to a certain spot in the order, but I think now, especially knowing what we know about what umpires are calling with Alyssa Brown, top of the order seems like, yeah. you know, set for KB the rest of the year, and maybe the rest of her career, honestly. I mean, who knows?
0: Yeah, we'll see. We don't know. You never know who's... Who's coming in? What, what you know, the, there's going to be always changes, but uh, the fact that that's the other thing about this team, it's so young.
1: Yeah. That, oh, man. That there's, there's so many, you got years to figure out some of these players. So, there's plenty of time for these players to grow in their careers, and plenty of time this week for us to talk softball because games are starting tomorrow, Tom. I know. And uh, when we get back, as we advance to first, we're going to talk about the first half of the bracket. It's an interesting couple of matchups, and we'll break that down here on the Out of the Box Podcast, episode 11 from Oklahoma City when we come back. Welcome back, folks. Gray Robertson, Tom Canterbury here with you recording the Out of the Box podcast. We are advancing to first here on the podcast and talking about the top half of the bracket, Tom, here at the Women's College World Series. We're at the DBAT indoor practice facilities here in Oklahoma City watching Alabama get ready to take on Oklahoma. That is the primetime game tomorrow, so that's on the bottom half. Top half, though, we've got two very intriguing matchups. You've got the three-seed Washington taking on Arizona, the sixth seed and then right after that you've got UCLA and Minnesota so we'll start with Arizona Washington Tom the Wildcats coming in off of a dominant super regional over Ole Miss a pretty dominant regional over Auburn Colorado State and over Harvard and they're Showing off the power, Jesse Harper had those three home runs in the game against Auburn. They were able to hit off of both Brittany Finney and Molly Jacobson in the Ole Miss Super Regional. You could argue, and I would argue it, that Arizona is the hottest team in this tournament right now. Yeah. From all, from all standpoints, because pitching yeah. was pretty good as well over the
0: weekend. And I think a lot of what they're going to be able to do is going to come down to Taylor McQuillan in the, in the circle, which he's going to be able to do because, you know, everyone can hit at this point. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's hard. Something about this, uh, this facility, something about this stadium here in Oklahoma City, I think it's hard to rely on just being able to mash your way. And, but there's nothing wrong with being able to do it. I, th- I think it's, it's very important to be able to do it, but I don't think you can completely rely on it. Uh, I think a lot of what happens in the Women's College World Series has to do with pitching, and uh, I think it's going to be if, if Taylor McQuillen and the fact that she is such a dominant left-handed pitcher, so I think a lot is going to come down to what they do.
1: Yeah, and you look at Washington, you've got two aces pretty much, Ace A and Ace B, when right. Gabby playing Taryn Alvello. Arizona, you've got McQuillen, who's fantastic, had a great year. Denham pitched well against Ole Miss, but this is a whole new ball game and you're looking at a Washington team that got through Kentucky pretty easily you at Kentucky winning that super uh, admittedly a little wishful thinking <laughs> a little bit a little bit I had Kentucky winning a game I did not think Washington would just roll out and stomp the Wildcats but that's pretty much what happened
0: yeah I mean I think when you look at it the way these two teams these two teams may be the two most the two hottest teams that are playing right now yeah. uh I was shocked that can that Washington was able to not shot they won, but able to handle Kentucky as easily as they did. So, yeah, them coming in, I, I, I hate to say it because, you know, my feelings on Washington, <laughs> but uh, they are one of, if not the uh, the best teams here for sure. Well,
1: and we always talk in other sports about how defense wins championships, but it is a pretty special defense for Washington. Sis Bates at short continues to make highlight real plays, and I, I think that you could look at, Washington's defense and say that's the difference maker in a game like this because we saw Arizona earlier this year and in that game the Wildcats against Alabama had four errors yeah. and they've had some defensive mistakes this year they can't afford that against Washington tomorrow yeah, that obviously can't happen yeah yeah, yeah
0: they have Washington has, has been absolutely outstanding defensively arizona's had issues but they're, they're gonna have to shore up whatever it is defensively but you you cannot afford to give away outs against a team like washington and you also have the fact that you know these two teams it won that long ago when these two teams played that's right you know in, in the regular season so and washington swept yeah. in tucson which was um, that that is one of if not the most surprising results all year long in all of college softball was not just that
1: Washington won that series that they swept them in Tucson and did most of the damage off of McQuillan right I mean early on she was getting hit against Washington now that doesn't always necessarily
0: translate into postseason Alabama swept Florida in in Gainesville in the in the regular season and and Florida won the game in the the SEC tournament so right uh, you can't you can't just mark that down. Well, they swept them, so it's not, you know, it's will let mark it down. But uh, we'll see
1: if that plays any factor in this thing as well. Game two tomorrow. Here in Oklahoma City, Minnesota and UCLA. Again, a little surprised to see Minnesota here. Uh, yeah. We thought that they would lose to LSU. I, I didn't think that they would get out of there in regional, but Amber Pfizerman has just been dominant. You look at game two against LSU. She was hit pretty hard yeah. by the Tigers in game one, and game two somehow came out stronger, even though LSU had just seen her. That said a lot to me. That being said, the only way Minnesota is an 0-2 in this World Series is if Pfizer continues to pitch at that level and that's going to be really difficult against offenses as talented as those that are here in Oklahoma City yeah and I think this is possibly the worst draw Minnesota could have gotten easily in the
0: the first round facing UCLA Rachel Garcia to the surprise of no one the player of the year in the nation uh, for both what she does both hitting and pitching so um, I, I think just looking at it uh, I think Minnesota has the highest chance of any of the eight teams t- here to be 0-2. Uh, even I think even more so than Oklahoma State, just because of the the other teams in their half of the bracket. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, uh, but again, well, I've been uh, singing Amber Fizer's uh, praises since we saw her in Tuscaloosa. I thought she was the best pitcher in, in all the Big Ten. and proved it with what she was able to do here in the postseason and sometimes that is the mark of, of a good pitcher is that if a team lights you up one game is coming back and not letting it affect you in game number two and that's what she was able to do against LSU so I think that that gives them a chance against UCLA if she just absolutely lights out uh, but she's going to have to be for them to have a chance against the Bruins, I think. Mean.
1: Well, if Minnesota wants to have any shot other than FISA, they're going to have to get production from 5 through 9. We've talked about that with Alabama this year. But you look at 1 through 4, and in particular 1, 3, and 4 in the Minnesota order, you've got 392, 374, 365 batting averages with Partain and Hartog and Brandner. And then you throw in Houlihan, who's hitting in the 2-hole two at 299. Yeah. Good work. Everybody else, the next highest is 247. So somebody else in that offense is going to have to get a timely hit for Minnesota against Rachel Garcia. And I don't think there's a taller task that you (laughs) could ask of an offense than that. Because, I mean, you saw... I mean, UCLA
0: faces Megan Good in in the super regionals. Great James pitcher, Madison. yeah. One of the finalists, final three uh, player of the year, um, and James Madison had nothing uh, that, that was a another dominant performance in super regionals by UCLA. So, um, if if they if good have been able to do a little bit more against UCLA I might have a little bit more of a a good feeling for Minnesota but at this point Pfizer is going to have to be absolutely lights out and they'll have to get some timely hits to have a chance.
1: Well, we will pick those matchups coming up in the rounding third segment. But for now, though, Tom, we've uh, we've got the sign.
0: Yes. It's time for us to steal second. <laughs> They've taken them off, off the flashing yellow, and we've yes. given the green. We
1: have the green light, and All we're right. ready to go. We're about to steal second and break down the bottom half of the bracket. Alabama, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Florida. What's going to go down those matchups? We'll talk about it on the other side here on the Out of the Box podcast. Welcome back to the Out of the Box Podcast. We are stealing second here, Gray Robertson and Tom Canterbury. And Maris Schroeder standing here, too. Hi, guys. What's up, Maris? Hi. You guys are great. Thank you. I'm going to go practice now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got more important things to do. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're non-essential personnel sitting here at practice. 100%. We're at the DBAT practice facility here in Oklahoma City because it's the Women's College World Series this week, Tom. It we're is. here. Yes, Because, are here. why are we here, Tom? Uh, because Alabama made it. They did. And I'm very excited about that. They're at the Women's College World Series, which means they're one of the top eight teams in the country. (laughs) And they open with the top team in the country because nothing's ever easy. No, of course not. The Oklahoma Sooners. We'll break down that matchup in a second. We will start with Florida-Oklahoma State. Three weeks ago. If I had told you this would be a game in the Women's College World Series, would you have laughed at me? <laughs> I would have laughed at myself.
0: I don't know if I'd laugh at you, but I would think I, I would not have agreed with you. Yeah. <laughs> I know that much. Uh, I think uh, outside of Minnesota, I think Oklahoma State has the biggest chance of being 0-2 in this tournament. What they're able to do with Samantha Shaw in the circle and uh, the, the thing with them is that they don't have that dominant pitcher right they just they just kind of do enough to get by pitching wise and and they and they try to mash their way through which you know works for the most part but i just i just don't know if it works in oklahoma city but we'll see we'll see the the first time i think i heard since 2011 that both oklahoma and oklahoma state are both here in okc it's It's going to
1: be packed for that night session oh my gosh
0: it is it is not and it's and it's not one of those things like you know at alabama and auburn where there's almost 300 miles between the two it's it's that's, both of these campuses are like less, or about an hour
1: away. And Oklahoma State will already be in town because their baseball team is having their regional right. yes. in Oklahoma City. Because they've had some some uh, flooding issues in in seal water,
0: which you know we've we've seen that. Who coming in here? Just you know, just this entire area region has been just absolutely yeah. you know ravaged with weather so you know i hate to see that part but um so i think they're gonna need to be able to use all of the uh <laughs> the players we're coming being audio bombed yeah it's okay
1: pod bombed is that how that works <laughs> kayla davis and reagan dykes walking by uh, go ahead tom i'm
0: sorry uh but um i think they're gonna have to use use that to their advantage as much as they can that the crowd the support they're gonna have here because uh, you know I don't know if... It, it'd be weird. I, it's hard to imagine if, it, if the uh, roles were reversed if SEC fans would be rooting for the other SEC team, right. even if it was their big rival right. just because cause they're here. I don't, know. I don't know if OU fans will be rooting for Oklahoma State fans or, or vice versa in this situation. But it, it,
1: if they are... Uh, they need to use that because they're going to need it against uh, <laughs> against Barnhill. That's for sure. Does Oklahoma State have a chance against Barnhill? Because I, considering what we've seen from her, the only reason I can think that Tennessee even had a little bit of success was a fatigue. Barnhill was pitching a lot of innings. Yeah. Over in super regionals and B familiarity. Tennessee has seen Kelly Barnhill for four yeah, years. They right. know her. Oklahoma State does not, hmm. and I just I don't see a scenario here where Oklahoma State wins this game. Honestly, I mean, there's always a chance. I mean, the Um, only the only way is if Lorenz and Lindeman are able to take off. But I don't. I still don't trust everybody else in the lineup. Hannah Adams has done better lately. I think her average is nearing 300. But you know, the rest of the order, you you got a walk off hit from a player who struck out three times against Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing with Florida, is even if they don't have great
0: stats, they got a clutch. You know their clutch right so that they'll, they'll be able to get those hits when they uh, when they need them i think it's, it's a possibility i don't i, I certainly think florida's going to win but you're just going to have to get big hits you're going to have to find some way you know hope maybe barnhill's a little bit off maybe she's walking a few more than usual and then leaves one over the over the plate that's what but, you have to hope for right honestly but you, you have to take advantage of whatever uh, mistakes florida makes you have to take advantage of it
1: as we're watching batting practice now, Caroline Hardy stepping in. We'll pick those games later on. I do think the key is, um, A, Oklahoma State needs to score first. I think they have to put pressure on Barnhill early. And, B, Samantha Shaw is going to have to be perfect because behind Shaw they really don't have anyone right. they can trust. I mean, they had somebody come in. Samunek, I believe, is her name. That might be wrong, and I apologize to her if she's listening. Uh, but, you know, they're going to look at Samantha Shaw for this entire sure. World Series pretty much, and she's going to have to pitch her best. And they're going to have to, you know, use the swagger. The reason they've been, you know, they they, yeah.
0: they have that, uh, you know, they have the home run chain. They have all, all that kind of stuff, and, and they're one of the reasons why
1: some people don't like them. And I'm really fascinated if they get a home run off Barnhill, which she hasn't given up a ton lately. She gave up one in Game 3 against Tennessee, but overall in the last couple months, or a couple weeks rather, not a lot of long balls given up by Barnhill. If right. she gives up one and you see a bat flip, how does Barnhill react to that? Right. Because we've talked about how she can be a little bit shaky mentally. If there is an issue and she starts giving up a lot of hits in a row, Florida could be in trouble. Bailey Hemphill now uh, doing some... (laughs)
0: <laughs> some batting practice so uh, if, 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 if you, there
1: was no roof that, right uh, that would have
0: raised it yes so uh, if, if you hear just an explosion It's because Bailey and Bill has absolutely destroyed something um, but yeah that's I, I think that that'll be an interesting because that's why they're here you know yeah. they have that swagger they have that uh, that emotion uh, it rubs some people the wrong way, uh, but you know, at this point, you don't care if you're Oklahoma State if it rubs them. The wrong In fact, you're kind of. I think you're. You hope to, it happens. You're trying to make it rub rub them the wrong way. You're trying to make it uh, kind of rattle them in some way. So I think that you got to play into that if you're Oklahoma State to have a shot, a chance.
1: All right, let's talk about our game, Tom. Alabama and Oklahoma. I have. I'm so excited for this game because we're seeing the renewal of a rivalry in the Women's College World Series. Yeah. We're seeing the best team in the country statistically, and I, you can look at every statistic sure. except stolen bases, yeah. Oklahoma's number one yep. in there versus the team that you could argue has had to work the hardest to get to this point mm-hmm. this year. And we're basically on the road. You're going up against a pitcher in G. Juarez who has completely changed her game this season, has been dominant in the circle all year long. I'm so excited for this. Yeah. And, and I don't know where to even start previewing it. So I'll just a couple general thoughts from you, because yeah. I've got a lot of notes in front of me. Uh, the main thing, you know, that about it, this being the, the
0: renewal of the rivalry, and this is something that, you know, Alabama and Oklahoma always seem to kind of find each other in postseason, you know, dating back, obviously, to Alabama winning the national championship against Oklahoma in 2012, uh, the super regional in Tuscaloosa. Uh, but the last time Alabama was here, uh, Oklahoma beat Alabama. And that was the twice that season. Alabama lost on a walk-off home run by Shade Knighton uh, by the Sooners, it happened in, in Fullerton, California, and then also here in game number one. It was the the first game, another first-round matchup between the Tide and the Sooners, and it knocked Alabama in losers bracket. And you know, Florida State did it last year. They won. They lost their first game and then went on a tear and won the. Uh, national championship but it is so hard to fight your way out of that loser's bracket and and win so that's why it's so important to try to to, to try to get that first victory and uh you know if you're if you're going to try to win the national championship you're probably going to have to play oklahoma at some point but alabama just gets the draw to start off with
1: so here are some numbers on oklahoma i talked about how they're number one in pretty much every category i'll tell you all the categories folks First in, batting average, ERA, fielding percentage, home runs on base percentage, scoring, slugging percentage, and strike to walk ratio. They've also got the number two and six and eight ERA in America. (laughs) With Lopez, Juarez, and Sale Although I would honestly be shocked if we see Shannon Sale very much in this World Series And even Mariah Lopez Because it seems like it's all on G. Juarez Who's got a 1.10 ERA this year And in the NCAA tournament, a ERA (laughs) Now that being said, she's a transfer from Arizona State Last year for the Sun Devils, a 7.70 ERA in the World Series So the pressure got to her a little bit Alabama, I think if they want to win this game, they've got to strike early because the longer you go and it's a scoreless game against Oklahoma, the more I think it favors OU because yeah. you've got more weapons up and down the lineup in terms of people that can just go off and hit a home run Yeah, off of good pitching. I agree. Uh, I think Alabama can do that, but it's going to be very hard to do that against Juarez unless she's having a bad day. I think her, um,
0: her improvement here this year I think shows how – good of a pitching coach Jen Rocha is. Absolutely. Uh, we saw, you know, one of the main things she was able to do at Florida, uh, and we, we saw a little bit of a drop-off uh, from Barnhill to start off the year. We've seen Barnhill come back to where she normally is now at the postseason, but the beginning of the year I think we really saw, I think it was a direct result of not having Jen Rocha there anymore. Going Coming to Oklahoma, um, and she stepped right in where and, and has done so good for uh, Patty Gasso and, and the Sooners here this year with, uh, with Juarez, so I, I think that's a big factor and why i don 't think you can take a whole lot from what what she did last year with the Sun devils and transferred in now I think some of those uh, some of these numbers for the for Oklahoma. Could be a little bit inflated based on the, the competition they played during the regular season. Right. They played a good non-conference schedule, but once they got into Big Twelve, you know, outside of, of Texas and Oklahoma State, uh, not, not, not a whole lot there. There's there's some sacrificial lambs that uh, you take advantage of in, in the Big Twelve schedule. Uh, just no other way to put it. They're just no. They're, you're not there's, wrong. There's, there's some, Kansas some, is not good. No, Kansas is not good. Iowa State's not good. Um, Texas Tech was is better than than they normally are. they had a decent year, but they took the place of Baylor who had a right. pretty rough year as well. Right. So obviously from top to bottom the SEC is a much more difficult conference to play in, so you're not gonna have the uh, the stats in general. But to that Oklahoma can't control, you know, how good the rest of their conference is. Right. So, you know, that you go out there and, and you play and you take advantage of it. Uh, so I think you kinda saw in regional play where when it it seemed like Wisconsin, I think you can kind of see what they did to get to get a victory over OU and force that game seven and kind of move along and kind of incorporate some of what they were able to do maybe um they're not invincible they had a almost 40 game win streak or whatever it was but you know they're beatable and you just got to go out there believe that you can win and and play to the
1: best of your ability And, and i think another key you can't give them anything no mistakes in terms of errors and mental things and whatnot because Oklahoma's not going to give those to you. The most errors anyone on the team has is Sidney Romero with five. Jeez. Top fielding percentage team in America. They're not going to kill themselves and as we talked about during the Texas broadcast, you can't give up some of the things teams have given up against the top teams this year. Right. You have to make them earn it. You have yeah. to make them beat you. And I think if if Alabama plays a flawless game and Oklahoma still were to win, I would be okay with that. I would only be upset if I felt like Alabama gave up a couple things that, you know, were, were errors that didn't need to happen or shouldn't have happened. Right. So,
0: obviously, you know, no errors out in the field. And then similar to what I talked about earlier is if Juarez – Makes a mistake, you've got to jump on it mm-hmm. at the plate. You can't, you can't sit there and watch one go right over the plate. Right. You've got to attack offensively. Have to swing. Yeah, have to swing. Uh, now, draw the walks if, if they're giving them to you, but if they make a mistake over the plate, you have to take advantage.
1: That's the Alabama-Oklahoma matchup. What do you say we pick these, Tom? Okay. Let's do that. It is time for us to round third. We've been given the sign. Yes. Patrick Murphy not giving a rip. No. no. Sending us around. It is time for us to round third. And make our official women's college world series picks we're going to pick the first couple games i don't think we're going to pick a national champion yet because i'm hoping we're still going to be in town long enough to do another show while we are here but we'll pick the first couple games of the women's college world series as we round third here on the out of the box podcast right after this Welcome back, folks, to the Out of the Box podcast. We are sitting here at the DBAT Indoor Practice Facility. And we just saw Mara Schroeder hit a ball into the ceiling (laughs) as the team is currently doing batting practice. Patrick Murphy throwing. The pitchers are working in the cages, throwing to, I see Kaylee Tao there, Reagan Dykes, Claire Jenkins, AC Atinka right over here, standing there, smiling at us, waving at us. Uh, The whole crew, we had a big travel party out here, Tom. Rode in a fantastic plane out here to OKC. The best plane I've ever been on. Milk and cookies. So much leg room. It was unbelievable. You could sit with someone, and it wasn't uncomfortable. Right. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if I've ever had that experience on an airplane. And we had three different snack baskets come around. Man <laughs> we, we are eating good We are spoiled As, as we will talk about later on Yes uh, And thank you to Kate Harris And Sherry Selby And just everybody Greg Byrne Everybody putting this all together Marie Robbins Who's uh, back um, At SEC Spring Meetings in Destin Actually with my father <laughs> Got a picture of them Last night together <laughs> um, You know it's, it's been a wild ride It's been a fun trip Out here to OKC But we haven't even Really gotten started right. We're at the first no. practice And the games begin tomorrow Tom So what do you say We make a few picks Alright let's do it Alright let right, let's, uh, let's start at the top with Arizona-Washington. I'm going to assume we're going to get Taylor McQuillan versus Gabby Plain right. and then maybe see Taryn Alvelo come in around the middle point as something Heather Tarr done all year. Hopefully at some point Gabby will actually throw the ball. <laughs> we're still waiting. <laughs> we're still waiting for her to throw the first pitch of that Kentucky <laughs> game in Supers. Who do you like in this game, Tom? Uh...
0: I don't know if I like either one of them. Uh, I'm going to pick Washington to win um, just because I think because of that, the one two punch they have in the circle. I think they'll be able to to keep Arizona in the yard. If you keep Arizona in the yard, I think you have a good chance to win. Uh, So I think she's able to do that for the most part. And again, we talked about it. It's not as though Washington doesn't have good hitting, too. Washington has has some quality hitting. Uh, They know that they can beat Arizona because they've done it three times. I know it's very difficult to beat somebody four times, as we saw earlier in the year. But I'm going to go with the Huskies here.
1: I'm struggling, really. I think I'm going to take Arizona. I like what mcquillan has been doing. I like their offense. And I don't think that the Washington pitching – I hope you're right. Can, can shut them down enough <laughs> to keep them from scoring at all. I think we're going to see Arizona get a couple runs. So I do like the Wildcats. Okay. and I, I feel uneasy about it, honestly. Yeah. Because I think it will be a great game, and it's a fascinating start to this World Series. Yeah, it could be update number one. It could be the best game of the four. I think it might be the most even in yeah. terms of just roster talent mm-hmm. overall. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota-UCLA is game two. I will go first. I'm going to take UCLA. I think it's going to be really close because I think Pfizer's going to have a couple days rest. She's going to be pitching um, out of her mind because this is her first trip to the World Series. But UCLA's got too much offense, and Rachel Garcia is too talented for Minnesota to get the probably three or four runs at least they will need to beat UCLA. So give me the Bruins.
0: Yeah, I'm going to pick UCLA, and I think if there's any chance of a game being – in the vicinity of a run rule. I think this is gonna be it here on, on day number one. I just I think especially with being everybody at Minnesota's first taste of Oklahoma City and, and how things go here in the in the College World Series, I just I, UCLA's just got too much to for even Pfizer at this point. So I'm gonna go UCLA and I think it's gonna be a pretty easy not necessarily easy, but I think it's going to be a comfortable margin.
1: Yeah, we're uh, rounding third here on the Out of the Box Podcast, making picks for the Women's College World Series. All right, let's pick the night session: Oklahoma State and Florida. Tom, who you got? I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Florida. Yeah,
0: it's just. At this point, as well as she's pitching until I see uh, Barnhill be a little bit more susceptible to teams that she hasn't seen or yeah. that hasn't seen her would be a better way to put it. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to have to ride with Florida. Uh, they have all the experience being here as well, uh, which is a difference for the, the between these two teams. I'll go State first time here for anybody on this team. So I'll go with the Gators.
1: I will agree with you. I think Amanda Lorenz has a highlight moment. I think we see. First off, I really wish that there had been a way for Minnesota and Florida to match up in the World Series. <laughs> I would have loved to see Lindemann against the yeah. Gophers. It, it, it's still a possibility. It know, is at some point the maybe. Yeah, the brackets flip, but we'll we see. won't pick up to that point. No, but yeah. I do like Florida to win this game. I just, I just don't think Oklahoma State. I, Oklahoma State is the team this year that's happy to be here. Yeah. Last year, I think it was Georgia. I think Oklahoma State. Is, believes that they can do, they can win and be talented and, and win a couple games here. But I think at the end of the day, they're just going to be thrilled that they made it because I think they recognize they're also a little bit ahead of schedule. Yeah. And um, we'll, we might see the Cowgirls back next year, but I don't think uh, they're going to have any success in game one against Kelly Barnhill. Yeah, I agree. All right, so finally, Alabama, Oklahoma. I'm checking around. I don't see Donna Dykes <laughs> here. Um, however... I think I do believe in curses, so I'm picking OU. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, but I I think this game it's hard it's hard to really say
0: exactly how this game is going to go because yeah. we've seen these we've seen Alabama more so. Play so many different types of games this year. We've seen, especially here in the postseason, they've had to outscore people a lot more than they had during the regular season. But even you know, game number one, we saw Montana Fouts just absolutely shut down. What well, we found out as it moved along, a really good Texas offense. So. It's it could go either way, uh, as far as that goes. I I wouldn't be shocked if this is a a nothing nothing game going into the seventh inning. I also wouldn't be shocked if it was eight eight going into the into the seventh inning. Uh, so it, it could go either way. I you know even if, if I wasn't the Alabama guy trying to avoid a curse, I would probably have to pick Oklahoma in this game. Me too. Um, you know I think Alabama is not the most talented team here. No. Uh, but that doesn't mean they can't win it. It just, you know, they have the it factor. They – because very – I think it's probably more often than not the most talented team doesn't win. So uh, Alabama just needs to continue to uh, kind of ride the the way that they've been riding of the uh, – being disrespected and people not, not believing that they can do it and knowing that they believe that they can do it and just going to go out there and play their best. And I think if Alabama plays their A game and Oklahoma plays –
1: their A or, or B plus game, Alabama still has a chance to win. So I, I think still. you got to see a stellar game from Montana Fouts. I think you got to see Key hitting from the rest of the order behind your superstars. And you can't make any mistakes defensively. And I, and I think going back to what I said earlier, you got to score first. Yeah. It's hard to come back on Oklahoma, now Wisconsin did it. But it is hard, especially if you give up a couple runs, because OU doesn't give up runs in bunches. Alabama's going to have to earn it if they want to win. No doubt about it. This will be the toughest game a lot of these players have ever played in their careers. Well, and you know too,
0: with the crowd going to be what they are. If Oklahoma comes out and scores a run or two in the first inning or two, yeah, that it's just going to it could snowball with the way the crowd. It's going to be and everything else. So, Bama's got to keep it close early, uh, if not have the lead. And, and just try to hold on.
1: All right, let's let's uh, let's go back and pick the winner's bracket games and the elimination games, okay. and then we'll be done with picks. Hopefully we can get some more <laughs> as the tournament goes on. Right. So you've got Washington and UCLA facing off in a winner's bracket game. Goodness gracious. What, what are you thinking there, Tom? Who do you like? Remind me what happened in the regular season when these two teams played. That was a sweep by UCLA at Washington. That's right, yeah. So kind of fl- flipping it around to what they do against Arizona. I just...
0: <sighs> I think overall, even maybe more so than Oklahoma, I think UCLA is the most talented team here, Uh, and I just think that the talent will over will override this one. So I'm going to go with UCLA winning, Uh, but it it, it should be a heck of a game between these two. Uh, Maybe the you know because if you win on Thursday, you have to play turn around and play again that winners' bracket game on Friday. Maybe a little bit of of fatigue uh, on Gabby playing. Uh, could could have a factor in it. I think UCLA has a little bit deeper, uh, maybe not as overall talented outside of Garcia, but a little deeper pitching staff. So maybe they're able to utilize that, especially if they have an easier game against Minnesota. Because I think, Washington's going to have to fight and claw to get past Arizona. If UCLA cruises against Minnesota, that that could could make a big factor in game number two as well.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take UCLA over Arizona because, same thing, basically the same reason, UCLA is not going to have to exert as much energy to win their first round game. Arizona's going to have to fight for their lives to get past Washington. So we both like UCLA to go 2-0 to start the tournament. And then Washington, Minnesota, for me, Arizona, Minnesota for you I think we both like the Pac-12 team there yeah right?
0: yeah I think so it's just Minnesota I think especially if they get beat as as comfortably as I think UCLA is going to they might be a little bit you know disheartened yeah <laughs> facing on whoever, whoever they take and uh they're just of the four in that type of top side of the bracket they're just the least talented of the four overall so yeah.
1: All right, let's look at the bottom half. Winner's bracket game. We both got Florida-Oklahoma. Of course, these two are matched up in of the course. Women's College World yes. Series. The, I'm going the, the, the only team
0: Florida plays more <laughs> than Alabama, and the only team that Oklahoma plays more than Alabama is each other. So, we'll, so yeah. of course, they get to play each other again.
1: I'm going to take Oklahoma because I like the thought of a fresh— possibly mariah lopez you know if G. juarez wants to take a couple innings against florida but i assume they're still gonna throw juarez i don't, I don't know i just think oklahoma's a better team i think oklahoma's better up and down in the order and i think that'll be the difference so give me ou over florida uh as much as i hate to say it i'm gonna pick florida really yeah thomas um, kelly barnhill
0: man and it doesn't seem to you know you kind of think well okay she's obviously gonna have to pitch in game number one so yeah you know, it doesn't matter she, I mean, she doesn't it, care it, She has a rubber arm And she just goes out there and, and goes It doesn't She could pitch It seems to me as though She could pitch 150 innings Or 150 pitches every day And be stronger the third day Than she was on the first day uh, We saw it in the SEC tournament And you know This is her last go around She kind of feeds sometimes off As long as she doesn't get rattled by it She kind of feeds off of the, uh, the opponent And having the home field advantage That type of stuff So I'm going to I'm going to pick Florida Finding the hits with Lindemann And, and Lorenz
1: And Barnhill shutting them down. Finally, losers bracket game: Alabama, Oklahoma State. Are think, we are uh, we cursing? No, I think we're allowed to pick Alabama okay. at this point because I do think Alabama is a better team than Oklahoma yeah, State. Yeah, if they were to play, I think Alabama
0: would beat them. Yeah, but it just kind of shows. You, <laughs> of course, the bracket sets up to Al- where Alabama's play both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State in Oklahoma City naturally. Naturally, but yeah, I, I just think Alabama is a little bit better is a better team overall. Uh, they're not going to be rattled by the. Uh, by the histrionics of what goes on with uh with Oklahoma State so and then I, I feel good depth wise pitching if Montana fouls we assume goes in, in game number one I'm fine with Crystal Goodman or Sarah Cornell pitching against Oklahoma State and getting the win
1: me too that's our picks as we watch the team do batting practice here at the D-Bat indoor practice facility in Oklahoma City for the first time Tom we're going to be heading home, and I don't want to. I'm not ready to go home, Yeah. but we have to for segment purposes. <laughs> right, yes. So it's time for us to head home. We're going to talk about food, and we're going to dig into another committee that was off the wall. Alabama was robbed once again, and we'll talk about that on the Stop. other side. <laughs> Stop me if you've heard this one before. farsicle Yeah. As uh, that coming up, off the wall and Tom's Hungry as we head home here on the Out of the Box podcast, episode 11. playing as we head home here on the Out of the Box podcast, Gray Robertson, Tom Canterbury, a city extraordinaire, Nathan Sheehan, standing by as well. <laughs> Took some great pictures of us that we tweeted out earlier, and you can see it as you get ready to click the link, or but you've already clicked the link, obviously, if you're listening. But you can see the pictures <laughs> that works, yeah. if you look at the profile. Yeah, we're heading home, and Tom, we're in OKC. yes we have good food here. Oh my goodness. So uh, we ate last night. At an establishment, and I'm going to use that as a setup to let you take it away for this edition of Tom's Hungry. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. Yeah.
0: First, again, we talked about it. uh, A shout-out to the the charter company for the milk and cookies on, on the plane here. I think that counts in Tom's Hungry. Uh, but, yeah, yesterday we went to uh, the famous uh, steakhouse here in uh, in OKC, uh, Cattleman's, uh, which people always tell us uh, if you, when you go to OKC, you got to go get a steak there at Cattleman's. And uh, this is the first time you mentioned this is my third trip here. This first time we've been able to go to Cattleman's. It worked out. It was uh, it lived up to expectations. That ribeye steak was oh just my gosh. amazing. Out of this world, medium, medium. Uh, just, and it's one of those things, they don't, even, they don't have to put a lot of different spices or a lot of different toppings on this thing. It's just a great piece of meat. And that's what they were able to do. Uh, I had also had a steak soup, which is kind of like a, a stu- vegetable stew type thing as an appetizer, which was really good. Their house salad dressing. Was, yeah, what was it? Yeah, it was I'm like a, a cayenne pepper on top? Yeah, there was like some pepper. and uh, It might have even been like a ranch blue cheese combo type thing. It was yeah. It was really good. So, just then, I did you had the coconut or did you have the chocolate meringue?
1: I had the chocolate meringue. That's that's
0: what I had as well. Scott Moyer had had the uh, coconut, Uh, but man, that was outstanding too. Um, When I went down to breakfast this morning, I was like, I'm not 100% sure I'm I'm hungry (laughs) because. (laughs) And yet,
1: the breakfast wraps, you had one. Yeah, oh yeah, those were very good at
0: the hotel. So, but Cattleman's definitely. If you, go, if you come to OKC, got to check it out.
1: Yeah, hopefully when we do our later show from OKC, we'll have more restaurants sure. at which to rave, as we just got in yesterday. But, yeah, yeah Catamund's is great. My filet was go, awesome.
0: Can't wait to go down to Bricktown and get all the stuff down
1: there. Yep. Yeah, so much to do down there. Yeah, I had a great filet. The mac and cheese was really good. The French fries were delicious as well. And I don't think I got a starter. I don't believe. I was toying around with possibly getting the lamb fries because I was fascinated by that. (laughs) I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't because I already ate too much as it was. Right. But Cattleman's was superb, and I think at the end of the year, once we do our final wrap-up podcast and we do the awards and we, we're going to hopefully talk to Coach Murphy, wrap up the team then, we're also going to do a final Tom's Hungry top three. Oh my Who God. makes the podium for Tom's Hungry for the Man. year? So we need to study up, think about it. I'm going to
0: have to go back through and listen to previous Tom's Hungries to kind of uh, remind myself because it's been an outstanding year. It has. As far as food is gone. All the different time zones, including Hawaii, <laughs> we've hit them all, and uh, they've they've all given us their best. So I'm I'm looking forward to that for sure.
1: So you know what Tom's hungry is never what what Tom's hungry never qualifies as uh, off the wall. That would be correct. Good, Tom. Yes. well done, yes. The food weed is never off the wall. No committees that we see though and hear about and hear from they are yeah. a lot. Tom, right, and it takes us to the off the wall segment. Yes. It's, to give you the. Uh, uh, our general basis on committees uh
0: the team who won the sec regular season by four games uh, including a sweep of florida during the regular season was ranked number eight in the in in the seedings whereas florida who was swept by that said alabama team was number five and so just kind of put that out
1: there by the way you know. it is kind of funny to think that of course florida's playing sure the one not top eight team of here. course they are of course of right? course they are yeah so anyway, <laughs> off the wall, last night, the NFCA, I believe is who announced it, selected the National Freshman of the Year. Yeah. We have said on the broadcast, we thought the front runner is Montana Fouts. We weren't the only ones. No. Lots of people have agreed with us. Eric Lopez has agreed with us. People not connected with Alabama. Yes. And I thought she had it, despite not her best in Super Regionals, but last night, the Freshman of the Year was awarded to Danielle Williams at Northwestern. Now, Williams had a good year. She brought Northwestern up to get a national <laughs> seed. They wouldn't have done that without her. Sure. That being said, yeah. Montana Fouts was robbed. And the fact <laughs> right. that Williams got this award, well, again, congratulations to her, but this is off the wall. I'm ridiculous. Fouts deserved it, and it, again, is just another show of disrespect. another show of disrespect to this team and what they've earned this year it uh is in that level of, of farcical the same way that alabama being the number eight
0: overall seed was um there's just i don't see a metric that you could be looking at that give makes you think that montana fouts wasn't the top of those three and i think williams was probably the bottom of those three you know i I wouldn't have been as upset had uh, Minnesota's Sin Hartog make, won it. But I just I don't understand where what you're looking at to make you think that she had a better overall year or was more impactful for her team than Montana Fouts was. It just it, it makes no sense considering the um, the level of competition you play day in and day out. If if Montana Fouts pitched in the Big 10, the numbers that she would have been able to put up this year. Ridiculous. Especially if she, if she had pitched in the Big Ten and had been uh, the number one pitcher on the team without the depth that this Alabama team had, pitching-wise. I mean, I she she would have set records <laughs> this season. There's just – theres I don't think there's any way you can, can deny that. Uh, you know, Montana Fouts, the only numbers – the only reason she might have had numbers that were a little bit lower is because, one, you're playing in the SEC. Two, you miss – a week and a half with an injury. Yeah. And three, because you had you're part of a staff. You weren't gonna have you weren't having to go out there and pitch every day uh, for out so it just it made it's just it makes no sense. The the only the only reason I can think that it would have happened would be I think the committee because committees apparently like to send messages i think the message of this committee was softball is a national game it is not a regional either in the southeast or in the, in the west it is a regional it is it is a national game and somebody in the big 10 can win a national award i think that's the only plausible reason i can think of why you did not pick montana Founders as as freshman of the year
1: it does make sense to me. No. And you know, Williams' numbers were fine. 31-8 record. Did appear 44 times. Fouts just appeared 30. Williams with the new area of 155. Fouts, 144. And uh, Williams, you know, if you want to look at Williams, maybe getting it because she was a two-way player, just hit 254 this year, no. so it really wasn't that. Yeah. Had three home runs, 21 runs batted in. And, so, we were, and we were also told it was a very, very close final vote tally.
0: Yeah. If it's close, shouldn't the tiebreaker go to the player that's here that, that helped lead their team to the World Series? Mm-hmm. You know, we had Williams pitched against Oklahoma. And, three times uh, this year. Right, and went 0 yeah, so. And it really wasn't close. No. So I, it just it makes no sense, but I think that's just another one of those that you can file away toward the disrespect of Team 23, and hopefully it's something that this team can use as fuel uh, moving forward here this week in OKC. So that's off the wall. It is off the wall. Do you
1: have anything you want to add in off the wall that you've seen in the last couple weeks? <sighs> oh. <laughs> I know we've got plenty. Yeah.
0: I, just, I think at this point, though, what we have been saying all year why we said that certain things are off the wall the uh, the criticisms of this team um i think it's come that we were right (laughs) yeah (laughs) we have not to not to toot our own horn but we were right about things and um i'm hoping regardless on how things turn out here this week that the fans people that feel the need to post things on on social media um, show how smart they are, things of that nature, can really just kind of take into uh, take into account and just kind of realize how good this team is and was, and how much they accomplished by making it here to Oklahoma City as Chloe Anderson tries to take us <laughs> out <laughs> with the slaps here.
1: But, yeah, I agree. I think if if there is that unfortunate scenario where Alabama goes zero and two, which I don't think happens, but no. If that does, I don't think I, – I would think it would be very off the wall for fans to go on social media and call this season a failure. Oh, nothing about this season has been a failure. Again, we have to remind everyone, Alabama's a year ahead of schedule. <laughs> yeah. This is not supposed to be the year we were supposed to be back here. We thought there was a chance. Yeah. But I didn't think it would happen so fast. And – here we are right. and i think this team has a chance to do special things and anything other than that if especially if we say get to the finals and lose if i see anyone saying saying anything nasty about these players or anything um i'm gonna go off on you that's <laughs> that's just how this works
0: uh would, would like to point out as well though congratulations to kaylee Tao. yes for winning the uh, elite 90 award uh just that which both academics and uh athletics just uh, what an honor for her to, to win that and Um, believe the first softball Alabama player to win that so just an outstanding job by her and so happy that that and I guess I guess that wasn't a committee that gave that award away so (laughs) I'm happy that that happened yeah
1: smarty pants Kaylee Tao I don't know where she is I think she's still hitting in the cages yeah as uh, we're sitting here at the DBAT practice facility And we are here for the Women's Cultural Series, Tom. Yes, very OKC. Very, very excited to be here. We're going to be tweeting a lot Mm -hmm. from the stadium and from wherever we are this week. So, Tom, where can people find you on social media? Uh, They can find me at T Canterbury R T R at C A N T E R B
0: U R Y R T R and. uh, be posting here as as we go through and uh, just a a quick note as well just wanted to thank everyone uh, for this past week it's been a a very uh, rough week for me Uh, my father passed away on Monday after being got hit with a stroke on Sunday the Sunday of the uh, the Arizona State uh, victory so um, it's just it's been a a really rough week but uh, I've had so many people you know, text and tweet and mm-hmm. uh, on Facebook, everything. Reach out to people that I don't know, people I do know, and uh, just a big part of the Alabama family. And I just wanted to thank everyone, you, Gray, and everybody else here That's uh, it has been... Uh, definitely a, a full show of the Alabama softball family, uh, the extended family as well. So it's just been a, a great, uh, really appreciate, uh, everybody reaching out to us here this week.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. And, uh, obviously we've all been thinking about you. as yeah, uh, yeah, obviously we're all thinking about you and, um, you know, you're right. You've talked about the family aspect of this team and you know, Patrick Murphy giving you a hug on the plane and you know, the players coming up and everyone is, uh. Rallied right around you, and we're hoping Everybody that uh, things go well this week here in Oklahoma City. Yeah, and for sure. Give you, a, give you something good to take home. So I say there's of
0: all the things that have happened with everything going on. No one's happier than I am to be here at this point, the way things have gone on. So, very Uh-oh. excited. Now, are we about to do BP? Do I, think, to... I think we may get called
1: in. Okay, we, uh, so we're going to wrap this up. Yes. You can follow us on the, uh, on the Twitter for the podcast account at out of the box underscore pod. And people can listen to games. How, Tom? At, go to
0: rolltide.com and uh, click on the schedule uh, link there. And there's a live audio link there. And if you're in the uh, city of Tuscaloosa, you can get us over the air on the airwaves at 93.3 FM.
1: All right, that's it for us. Let's go the Women's College World Series. We might go get to bat real quick here at BP. Hopefully, I don't know. I gotta redeem myself for the tragic showing in College Station. (laughs) Short, short fences here. Yes at the bat. Home runs are easy here. Uh, but we're here at the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City. We aren't ready to go home anytime soon, Tom. No. So hopefully. Hopefully we we get another one. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have another show before we leave Oklahoma City and hopefully we got a trophy to take home very soon. For my partner Tom Canterbury, I'm Gray Robertson saying so long, we will see you next time here on Out of the Box.